Welcome to the Election Ride Home for Friday, September 6, 2019. I'm your host, Chris Higgins. Today, Yang notes that the media has a habit of leaving him out. Schultz drops out officially. Four states are about to cancel their Republican primaries. De Blasio's busy month as a mayor. And a candidate anecdote from Buttigieg. Here's what you missed today from the campaign trail. First up today, Andrew Yang and his supporters have noticed a pattern, and that is he keeps getting left off lists of major candidates. Now, since day one of this show, I've had to handle the question of what makes a candidate major or why I would bother covering somebody like Mike Gravel, for instance. Part of the mission of this show has been to cast a broad net and be inclusive. I think that matters. And Yang is absolutely a major candidate by my definition, by 538's definition, and by any reasonable definition I can find. He has been, as of today, actually running for president for 668 days. The only major Democrat in the field who's been at it longer is John Delaney. Also, Yang is in either 6th or 7th place, depending on which polling average you use. He is ahead of either 13 or 14 other major candidates, plus the six dropouts. Yang meets a series of objective benchmarks that are easy to define. He's been in every DNC debate. He's had an active campaign for almost two years now. He has staff. He has donors. He has policy papers and so on. So when he tweeted a screenshot yesterday, I was surprised to say the least. The tweet reads, quote, I did the hashtag math. Looks like NBC may have miscounted. Hand covering face emoji, raising hand emoji, end quote. The image shows a screenshot from an NBC News video that says 10 candidates on debate stage in September and then lists nine candidates. The one who's missing is Yang. But that's not the end of it. Yang followed up by writing, quote, Sometimes honest mistakes happen, but NBC and MSNBC seem to omit me on the regular. Scott Santons has a fun compilation. Here are a few examples. In each case, I was polling at the same level or higher than the last person listed, or I would have been next in line. End quote. And then Yang proceeds to show five examples in which he was left out of candidate rankings despite his actual position at that time in those polls. And then things got really interesting. Michael Hopper, a senior producer at NBC News, tweeted, quote, Not true, Andrew Yang. This image is doctored. Original piece here. Your name is included 45 seconds in, end quote. And he then includes a link to a different NBC News video, which, when I viewed it, does include Yang's name. And I should note that there was also some discussion in those Twitter threads of an NBC News webpage that listed the 2020 Democratic candidates, but somehow omitted Yang. Shortly afterward, Hopper tweeted again. This time he wrote, quote, Well, I've been schooled in hashtag math. Got it right in one piece, wrong in another. Apologies, Andrew Yang, we will correct, end quote. And Yang acknowledged that and thanked him for the correction in his Twitter thread. So at that moment, it looked like Hopper corrected at least the candidate list, but it's unclear whether he was sticking to his contention that the video was somehow doctored. Now, how I read it was, yeah, they fixed the page with the list of candidates because clearly they did do that. So when he's referencing two things, one of which is correct and one of which has been fixed, it sure sounded like he was referring to the video as the thing that already was correct and the thing that was fixed as that webpage that omitted Yang. 
That's how I read it, but who knows, it is unclear and it's hard to say for sure what Hopper meant without a clearer statement. When I asked him to clarify, he pointed me to NBC News PR, which I did ask for comment, but to be fair to them, I only had a half hour left before deadline, so they did not have a reasonable amount of time to respond. So what's fascinating here is that there are in fact two different videos that are being referred to. The one that Hopper pointed to as evidence of Yang posting a doctored video is listed as being published on August 28th, and it clearly shows Yang's name, like I said. It's in there. However, the original video that Yang and others pointed to was at a different URL, was a different duration, had a different title, and is listed as being posted the day after. It was posted on August 29th. Now that latter video, that's the one that they took the screenshots of, and that's the one that people are saying excluded Yang's name, was not available for viewing on the NBC News site this morning when I was first reporting on this. When you went to that page, a message read, quote, we apologize, this video has expired, end quote. So that's weird. I spent hours digging into whether there could indeed have been a doctored video or a doctored still image. And after several hours of work, that video suddenly became unexpired. And it clearly shows the omission of Andrew Yang. So that's basically it. Case closed. Yang was not wrong. The image was not doctored. The logical conclusion here is that, yeah, the video had an error and NBC shut it down while they happened to have another very similar looking video that did not have that error and they left that one up and the producer pointed to it instead. He may himself have been confused because the videos, frankly, are very similar. They use the same core footage. It's the same anchor and very similar graphics, except these graphics include Yang. Now, why was there an error in one of them? I don't know. You'd have to ask NBC News in order to learn that. I try to assume good intention, and I do think it's possible that NBC News and a variety of other media examples that omit Yang are in fact a series of mistakes. News organizations make mistakes, I make mistakes, but at some point you have to ask for transparency. Like, the list of errors here is really weird. This whole thing raises legitimate questions. Are networks actually trying and failing? Is each instance a technical error? Are these staff errors? Is there some kind of policy about the lower polling candidates that might help explain this? I think if NBC especially would just tell us this, tell us what happened, we could pretty easily move on. I think part of the uproar on this specific issue was the lack of clarity. People were looking at two different things, two different videos, and calling them out. I don't think they were even sure that they were different. It was even confusing when I was trying to look at it this morning. A little clarity and a real correction would go a long way. Now, having said all that, there is a whole other part to this story, which has to do with stories from CNN and Axios and New York Magazine. And all of those are linked in the show notes. We'll probably get into them more next week. So if you want to go deeper on related issues related to Yang and media coverage and omission, go in there and dig in. The general point there is that this isn't the first time that Yang has been left off a list or other media coverage. For now, I'm going to move on here because this story is getting kind of long and we have other stuff to cover today. But be aware, this is a thing, and I will keep you posted if there are further developments. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, 
what makes a life a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Next up, a quick item. Former Starbucks CEO and current billionaire Howard Schultz has officially dropped out of the race. He announced an independent run for president back in January during his book tour and then went quiet in April after enduring multiple back surgeries. Now, I reported back on June 14th that Schultz was officially off the trail for a period of months while he recuperated from his multiple back surgeries. It just makes me cringe talking about it. Well, today he made it official. He is just off the trail for good. His bid for 2020 is over. In a statement on his website, Schultz wrote in part, quote, My belief in the need to reform our two-party system has not wavered, but I have concluded that an independent campaign for the White House is not how I can best serve our country at this time. I will spend this election cycle and the years ahead supporting bold and creative initiatives to transform our broken system and address the disparity of opportunity that plagues our nation. The money that I was prepared to commit to a presidential campaign will instead be used to invest in people, organizations, and ideas that promote honesty, civility, and results in our politics, and that move the country beyond two-party gridlock. Common sense policies and initiatives that can help address widening inequality at home while strengthening America's standing in the world will be a priority. Among my early efforts will be to advocate for increased national service opportunities for young people. End quote. This morning, Politico reported that four states are about to finalize their decision not to have a Republican primary or caucus in this election cycle. Reading from the piece by Alex Eisenstadt, quote, Republican parties in South Carolina, Nevada, Arizona, and Kansas are expected to finalize the cancellations in meetings this weekend, according to three GOP officials who are familiar with the plans. The moves are the latest illustration of Trump's takeover of the entire Republican Party apparatus. They underscore the extent to which his allies are determined to snuff out any potential nuisance en route to his renomination or even to deny Republican critics a platform to embarrass him. Trump advisors are quick to point out that parties of an incumbent president seeking re-election have a long history of canceling primaries and note that it will save state parties money. But the president's primary opponents who have struggled to gain traction are crying foul, calling it part of a broader effort to rig the contest in Trump's favor. End quote. Now, we don't have a ton of time today to dig into the long history of this, but there are many precedents for parties canceling primary contests when the sitting president is running for re-election. Whether you think that's fair tends to have a lot to do with who you might support in those contests. 
In one more quote from that Politico story, former Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld weighed in, saying, quote, We don't elect presidents by acclamation in America. Donald Trump is doing his best to make the Republican Party his own personal club. Republicans deserve better. End quote. Next up, a news item worth mentioning in case you are not exposed to a lot of New York City residents. Generally, people in the city are not happy that their mayor is running for president. There are plenty of possible reasons for this, but part of it is simply that his existing job is so massive that many residents feel it demands his full attention. Well, in a report for the New York Post, Nolan Hicks explained one of the problems of running for president. You're simply not around to do as much work at your day job. And as context for the quotes that follow, remember that de Blasio announced his campaign on May 16th, so that was midway through a month. But he'd clearly done some work leading up to that to prep his campaign launch video and website and stuff like that. All that work appears to have really messed up his schedule during that month. All right, reading here from the Post. Quote, Mayor Bill de Blasio spent a mere seven hours, less than one full workday, at City Hall during the month he launched his bid for the White House, records reviewed by the Post show. His honor showed up at his office on just six occasions in May, taking part in two meetings, four events, and five phone calls, one of which was his weekly appearance on WNYC Radio, according to entries on his official calendar. The 11 appointments amounted to a meager one-fifth of the 50 meetings, calls, and other events at City Hall on de Blasio's calendar for May 2019. He had a total of 152 city events scheduled for the month. End quote. Now, to be fair, the Post also reports that de Blasio took an additional 66 calls or meetings while in some kind of vehicle, whether in the city or out on the campaign trail. But the lack of his presence at City Hall itself, well, people are noticing. Reading once more from the Post, quote, One former aide said de Blasio's virtual disappearance from the Big Apple's official seat of power sent a troubling message. If he's trying to show New Yorkers that he's overdoing the job, he's doing a good job of it, the ex-aide said. Another former de Blasio insider called the mayor's job performance real bad, <laughs> end quote. Man, I wish these New Yorkers would just tell us how they really feel, right? So here's the thing. We are absolutely in the season where many people are calling for the lowest polling candidates to just drop out and move on. That, for de Blasio, is obviously made worse because he has such a high-profile job already. For my part, hey, I say you do you. If you want to run, you go ahead and run. But if you're the mayor of New York City, you're gonna hear about it on the subway, especially when the trains break down. And last up today, another candidate anecdote. Thanks to listener Linguists for Pete on Twitter for this one. It took a little digging, but I think this is a delightful story from Mayor Pete Buttigieg about his in-laws. This is a brief clip from a much longer interview conducted by Frank Bruni at the Brooklyn Public Library way back on February 18th, 2019. This was during Buttigieg's book tour for his book, Long Way Home. The full video is linked in the show notes, as well as a link to the Twitter account for Linguists for Pete. A lot of fun following that one, especially if you're a linguistics nerd. Now, as one more reminder, I'm still looking for more of these personal stories from candidates for our Friday segments. If you've got a candidate you like, and some kind of recording of them telling a story about their life, not their politics, but their life, find me on the various social media things and just send me the link. And this does mark the second time we've had a book tour anecdote by a candidate talking about their in-laws. So, I don't know, maybe that's a good place to start looking. Book tour videos, amazing. 
All right, let's listen to Buttigieg, and Bruni briefly speaks first. Courtesy of Chastin's family, you got a very interesting education in blinker fluid. Can you share that with people? Yeah, so how do you know that you're accepted in a group of people, right? In, in, in an English university, it's usually when, when, uh, when they're giving you a nickname. That's how you know that the Brits have kind of taken you in. Um, so Chastin's family, very different from my family. Uh, their mom, they have a mom and pop landscaping business. Um, Wonderful people in northern Michigan, um, and uh, we were on a camping trip for a family reunion, and um, we were all driving s- somewhere together. I think we were driving back to, to the campsite, and we were picking up some breakfast stuff for the next day. I offered, to, you know, I always want to please the in-laws. I offered to, to run in and, and uh, um, pick up some, some breakfast items, and just as I'm getting out of the car, Chaston's dad says, uh, uh, when you go in there, make sure, that, uh, make sure you pick up some blinker fluid. And uh, Chaston says, yeah, they get the purple stuff, the, the E50. Um, I'm like, okay, okay, purple E50, I can remember that. So I get some eggs, I get some bacon out of the freezer of this shell station, and then I, uh, I go to the, the fluid section, and I'm like, E50 purple, I don't see anything like this. And uh, it, uh, I, I went to the clerk, I was helpless. I was like, can you, can you help me find the, the E50, the purple blinker fluid? And she's like, the, the what? It's like... <laughs> You know, the blinker fluid. And at this point, I realized Chaston's mom has come in because she wants to be there at the precise moment that I realized that there is no such thing as blinker fluid. Um, so <laughs> it cut me down to size. Um, but it was also an indication that, that uh, I was really part of the family at that point. Well, that is it for one more episode of the Election Ride Home. I have been your host, Chris Higgins. You can always find me on Twitter, at Chris Higgins. Well, another long week, another nice weekend coming up. I'm going to spend two days at the XOXO Festival in Portland. So if any of y'all are attendees, go ahead and look me up. I will be there on Saturday and Sunday. I'm only going to be there a little bit to catch up with old friends and watch the talks, but I would love to meet you in person if you're there. Meanwhile, on the spider front, I am pleased to tell you that this studio has not had a spider incident for two entire days now, so I might need to get one of those flippy charts to count the days until I feel totally safe. As always, thanks for listening, and I will talk to y'all on Monday.